Providing new black media for the masses. about 24 hours ago. More than 100 Ukrainian soldiers and civilians have been killed. Hundreds more have been wounded. And tonight, those forces are reportedly closing in on the capital of Kyiv. U.S. and European leaders are punishing Russia with financial sanctions, but that's not slowing the assault. WGN's Mike Lowe following this developing crisis for us tonight. Mike? And good evening to both of you. There are reports of fierce fighting across Ukraine, with President Volodymyr Zelensky saying the Russians plan to, quote, liquidate him, and further reports saying that all male citizens aged between 18 and 60 are banned from leaving the country. But tonight, British intelligence has released this assessment. Quote, it is unlikely that Russia has achieved its planned day one military objectives. As Russia's full-scale military attack on Ukraine continues tonight, the president of Ukraine is reporting that at least 137 soldiers and civilians have been killed and hundreds of others have been wounded. The United Nations says at least 100,000 people have fled the capital, Kyiv. And, you know, friends, everybody, everybody is, uh, is in Kyiv now, and they are calling us and telling what is going on, and it's, and it's awful. This is video shared with WGN News from a woman with family in Chicago. She's seeking protection from the assault in a bomb shelter. And a disturbing development tonight. Russian forces have seized the shuttered Chernobyl complex. The White House said there are, quote, credible reports that the staff working at the site of the world's worst nuclear disaster have been taken hostage by Russian troops. We condemn it and we request their release. Earlier, President Joe Biden condemned the Russian invasion and Vladimir Putin. Putin is the aggressor. Putin chose this war. And now he and his country will bear the consequences. The United States has imposed crippling sanctions on Russia that cut the access of Russia's largest banks and companies from financial markets, restrict exports of technology to Russia, and freeze trillions of dollars in Russian assets, including those of Russia's elite wealthy families. These are people who personally gain from the Kremlin's policies, and they should share in the pain. The president said the U.S. would not deploy the military to engage Russians in Ukraine, but he ordered 7,000 troops to Europe to reassure NATO allies that the U.S. would fight if the Russians advance into NATO territory. As I made crystal clear, the United States will defend every inch of NATO territory with the full force of American power. There's always that danger that this could uh, branch out from an invasion of Ukraine and by accident or design, Putin could enlarge the conflict. Uh, and they're especially vulnerable countries. Senator Dick Durbin returned to Chicago today after visiting Illinois soldiers at a NATO base in Lithuania. I'm thinking of the folks with so many friends in Poland, in Lithuania, Latvia, who live in the Chicago, Chicago area. 
they're definitely worried about their families and should be. Durbin says he fully supports the president's strategy of sanctions and of keeping the U.S. out of a ground war in Ukraine. Vice President Kamala Harris said Putin is to blame. We know and believe that this is a war of choice. And Putin defended the invasion, saying he was protecting Russia. He threatened any entity that would stand in his way with consequences that the world has never seen, which was interpreted by many as a veiled nuclear threat. America stands up to bullies. We stand up for freedom. This is who we are. And tonight, Ukrainian officials are asking NATO to do more to repel Russia's aggression, saying sanctions won't be enough. Back here. How does this weird stone bathroom help this? Do you hate stepping out of the shower into a puddle of filthy bacteria? Welcome to Black Talk Radio News. That This is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind the enemy lines of USA Inc. I'm out of practice, y'all, so y'all have to excuse me. Um, but welcome to tonight's program, the title of which you can see, for those that's on the web, the Battle for Ukraine Analysis. So what I want to do tonight is have an open discussion on the military conflict in Ukraine with Russian troops occupying key parts of the country after recognizing the independence of two regions that have a majority of people identified with Russia and do not hold Ukrainian white nationalist right-wing views um, like those in the West who are of varying ethnic tribal affiliations. So um, I'm excited tonight because we'll be joined by uh, a BTR member. Once you're a member of BTR, you're a member for life. Unless I kicked you off. If you left on your own, you know what I'm saying? You're still a member. But if I kicked you out, out the door, yeah, it was a reason for that. But we have Dave of t- formerly of Tando Radio Show, who is familiar to the BTR audience. As y'all know, you know, I used to assist Dave uh, with the technical production, and y'all know how the pro- producers um, often chime in. And, you know, people have been asking me about that show because we would really break down these type of events as they happen real time and um, how it affects people globally and through different ways, the markets. And also there was a prepping show, how to prep for if the gas prices go up uh, further, if food prices go up further, if inflation gets worse, what are the things you should be doing to prepare? You should always be prepared. I think Dave, like as Dave uh, would like to say on his broadcast, never scared, always prepared. Um, but, yeah, we are really going to get into it tonight. Again, it's an open discussion. We'll be opening up the phone lines if you have any questions or comments. Um, you can give us a call at 626-213-5779. That's 626-213-5779. As I bring Dave uh, in here, I'm going to say to you, uh, what to you, the audience, uh, what I said to him you know, about an hour ago in terms of my level of frustration with uh, political immaturity and the outright, you know, ignorance of current events and how people, and this is, this is nothing new. This has been going on since the advent of the newspaper. You know, any media can be used to propagandize and propaganda can be for the good. It could be for the, uh, to the detriment. Of people, it just depends on who's producing it, what they're saying. But 
for me, the key thing is, are you being truthful? Are you sharing facts or are you sharing um, biased, you know, opinions? And if you're, you know, reading the script, which so much of corporate news media is, they either in the United States, they either lean to the extreme right or they lean to the extreme uh, left, and I guess you could say CNN tries to play the uh, criminal news network tries to play both sides of the fence. It would be my analysis, and it's just you know I've been watching uh, some of the YouTube clips and what have you because I don't I rarely turn on uh, cable news, and a lot of their anchors I don't even call them anchors I call them performance artists. I, when I was watching Joy Reid on a on a YouTube video from her show, uh, calling Putin a thug and and you know just using name calling. I, I mean, yes, and that's kind of childish, you know. But that's what people love. Right. They love the villains. They love piling on, and then of course associating Trump with with Putin. And I got some analysis of why uh, Trump appears to always have positive things to say about various world leaders like uh, Kim Jong-un, like Vladimir Putin is because I think he know he has criminal culpability through his business dealings and then some of the federal laws he broke connected to January the 6th. Hey, he he just keeping the door open for if he had to flee, you know what I'm saying, and seek asylum. That's what that's why he praised right. Putin. That's why he praised Kim uh, Jong Un. Not to say that they would even take Trump, but that's it, it ain't because he's against the Ukrainians. As I was saying today, the Ukrainian government is basically um, mega world in Ukraine. It's MAGA world. Everything yeah. associated with MAGA world here in the United States, the white nationalists, the neo-Nazis we saw, you know, at various demonstrations. Um, yeah, um, that's the Ukrainian right-wing government that's in power and that coalition that put them in power through a 2014 coup. So it's just, I'm just very frustrated. I'm very frustrated, but I do know I'm not criticizing these people. I don't have disdain for these people. Some of these people are just young people. I know around my daughter's age or in their early to mid-20s that they just repeating what they heard from the cable news programming, and that's natural. If you don't have an alternative source of information, and I tell you, man, I hate that Black Talk Radio Network had, or BTR News had been off the air for so long, but... That's a that's a story for a different time. But Dave, how how are you tonight? Thank you for joining us. Man, Scotty, it's it's just so good to be back home uh with the radio, with you, hearing your voice, hearing your your spot on analysis on everything. And I, I'm just glad to be back and of course at this time more than ever. Uh, and this is very important that we actually give uh, a, a measure of truth to this whole thing, because as you said, Scotty, is, is propaganda is real. You know, at Black Talk Radio Network, you know, we use propaganda, but we use propaganda with truth. And that was so important what Scotty said, that, and, and Scotty has been that way since the start of, of Black Talk Radio Network, which is so critical to our community and so critical to today's world because there's very few journalists left in this in this world uh, that have a platform. Everyone ha- is a paid, as Scotty said, is a paid uh, uh, you know 
actors for this whole thing, and, and they they do what they told. They read the script. A lot of these people don't even know where uh, the Ukraine is, and they're co- commenting about it. They don't know the history. They don't know what's really going on in geopolitical uh, in the geopolitical world and why things are happening. They're just reading the script, as as Scotty said, and that's so so true. And the reason how you know that they are because they're all saying the same thing. They hear. They get their overall um, key points from their uh, uh, directors and from their handlers as to what they're supposed to talk about. They don't have a clue what's going on uh, because if you really knew what had a, if you really know what's going on here, you would be asking very important, pertinent questions that are, are that need to be answered and our truth matters. And, and Scotty, your platform and and our platform with, with your overall network and with Tando Radio Show, we were doing that. Scotty, you accepted us onto Black Talk Radio Network as a prepper uh, uh, show because you know the importance of it. And you, your main concern was you have to tell the truth and you have to, you, you have to be uh, able to uh, uh, really, really have a – objective opinion about things and also you can't you know you can't come in and and, and degrade our overall community for for things that's not necessary and that's what i love about scotty and has always been true to that and this is a measure i will tell you right now everyone that's listening to this show this is going to directly affect you it's just a matter of time and the scope and the overall depth of the effect of it will change your overall generational direction for here for the next 200 or two or 300 years, the events that are happening right now. You are actually a part of probably one of the greatest times of change in history because I'll tell you why. Right now we are on the precipice of Russia getting into military confrontation with NATO. Mm-hmm. And this is the significance of that. It's not, and, and Scotty and I, we did a show about, in, on Tando Radio Show, we've been doing shows about this, Scotty, for how long? For years we were telling people about this. Mm-hmm. We were talking about Ukraine when, you know, it was never even a, a glimmer or no longer in the headlines. In, in the United States, we had pointed out particular areas that were going to, to, to have a major a change in the global structuring of the world and the events that would happen. It was the South Sea of China. It was uh, the Middle East with uh, Syria, Iraq, Israel, um, that overall era, and it was Ukraine. It was Ukraine. And Scotty and I, we, we were, you know, talking about this years ago and preparing for where we are right now. We actually could, the, the script played out exactly to what Scotty and, and, and I were, were saying, not because we're prophets, is because we actually study history, we see where things are going, and we took an objective look at it. And, and we're going to try to give you a condensed, in a a real crash course in this whole thing so you can read through what's going on. If you're listening to mainstream media here in the United States, 
mainstream media is very good because whatever they tell you to do, you should do the opposite, totally do the opposite. And they're all saying the same thing, and they're all wrong about, and they're not telling the truth. We're going to bring a measure of truth here. Well, Dave, um, let me, and I think let that me, it's critical that you know that. Let me interject here, you know, because I got accused of like this person in a local Facebook group for Mount Holly where I live. Um, really, you're not supposed to post politics in it, but they was putting framing it like, uh, let's just pray. This is not political, but let's pray for Ukraine. And I'm like, and I respond by saying, well, what are we praying for? I mean, do you really think God <laughs> is going to interject himself into these to these squabbles? When has he ever? You know what I'm saying? And, and, and so... <laughs> And then I'm like, what would make you think that I got my, yeah, they were saying that I need to stop watching Fox News. So yeah, Fox News, particularly Tucker Carlson, is seemingly pro-Russia uh, uh, with Ukraine. You know, that's a common thing on the left or, or, or liberal media is to say, you know, that the right-wingers are always praising Putin, and they do. And they do, not Putin, but right-wing strong figures. I wouldn't necessarily, ref I don't see Putin as a leftist. But to be honest with no. you, I'm so devoid of information, I really don't know Putin. I just know what they say about Putin. And and some of the right. things they say right. about Putin can be said about X, Y, and Z U.S. president or Secretary of State or U.S. Congressperson. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, uh, yeah. so so it's like you're being hypocritical in your analysis or, or what have you. But I'm saying, you know, um, these people have different reasons for the things that they saying because Tucker Carlson, not that long ago, maybe a year or so ago when it was in the news, you know, I shared the meme of the neo-Nazis with their tiki torches at Charlottesville in 2017. Yep. Do you know the very next year in Kiev, Ukraine, the Nazis over there had a tiki torch parade as well? Okay. Yep. And Tucker Carlson yep. was praising them tiki torch neo-Nazi white nationalists. So to say that he's out on Putin's side or he's praising Putin, that that don't mean he necessarily against Ukraine. They trying to play both sides of the fence. Him personally. Yep. You know what I'm saying? But then, you know, yep, exactly. so right wing programming, propaganda, you have that. And then you have left-wing propaganda. Now, they may be taking the right position, but for the wrong reasons. You know what I'm saying? Or not the same yeah. reasons that I would take in in providing some objective analysis. But I, I tell you, man, this, this machine, man, they got this filthy propaganda machine. The wheels is greased on that, man. And it's really, for years, we've been seeing the damaging effect it has on people. Yeah, it, it, it really has. And I'm just glad that we have you and, and we have this opportunity to bring, to get some balance to this whole thing. And what, what I really want to do is just give a brief overall history of the Ukraine and the significance as to what were the, what were the events that led up to where we are and what's happening. And I will tell you right now, Putin is absolute, in my opinion, Putin is absolutely right. 
100%. They left him no choice. And he was wise enough, because Putin is the old KGB uh, person. So he's been dealing, you know, with the U.S. from the Cold War to now. So he knows. It's never been. And, uh, uh, but again, though, Dave, and uh, allow me to interject, when did the Cold War end? Yeah. Because this existed in it each never. and every administration. What what Biden is saying, what we're hearing from the so-called liberal news media. I, again, I rarely watch any conservative media. And so, but anyway, I do read. Uh, but anyway, you know, um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. What was I saying? You were talking about when did the Cold War really yeah, end? Yeah, the Cold it, War never ended. On, you, listen, you listen to them, what are we hearing? Russia hates democracy. Yeah, exactly. uh, Russia is jealous of the Ukrainian democracy. I heard Rachel Maddow, and I cut the video off, but I was just really checking out the headlines, say that Russia is jealous of the Ukrainian economy. They have the largest land mass in the world, talking about Russia does, but they have but they have a very poor economy. So I did something as simple as ask Siri, how large is the Russian economy? And, you know, it graded it in different areas, but it's in the top 10. So, so again, just the pettiness, just the stupidity yeah. and the childishness of the analysis people like Rachel Maddow is giving. Just telling you lies. He's jealous. He's jealous of Ukraine, yeah. the economy, and this, that, and the other. It's, dis it's disingenuous. The whole thing is disingenuous, and it's, it's, it's lies. And these are the lies that cause people to support wars that they should actually be saying no. And, Scotty, you remember years ago while we were on a Tando radio show, we, we talked about this part. Remember when they had instituted and started to, it was during the Obama administration when um, the, the Secretary of the, the Defense was, um, was, I can't remember his name right now. Was it Gates? No, no, it was before Gates. It, it was, it was, uh, um, I can't um, recall. It was, it, it, it can't, it, his name would come to me in, in a little while. Well, they wanted to start to have equal promotion. They said that they wanted to have a diversity for women in the military. And we, I immediately said, this is a trick, y'all. They don't care about diversity. But what they really wanted is that they knew that they were going to be going to war against Russia and China. So what did they do? They said that they wanted to give women command staff in the military, which means that they could be promoted to general. And that means that the women have to be able to be a general of a combat unit. And if they were going to have uh, uh, women in combat, this was the trick. And most of us here, especially in our community, we better wise up real quick, else we're going to be we're going to be extinct here. Ashton Carter, Ashton Ashton Carter is who I think you were looking for, because uh, he was nominated in 2014. Yes, and this what it this what it was. They wanted to draft women because they are already knew that the U.S. military was war exhausted from the the longest war in, in in u.s history being the afghanistan war and coming out of iraq yeah multiple so, theaters yeah multiple theaters 
So now, a land, and remember we used to always say this, Scotty, a land without men is conquered. A land without women is barren. You don't exist. So they want to draft your daughters. Then last year they passed it that your that women can be drafted into the military. And drafted means because you're going to war. Why did they do that way back then? Because they knew that they were creating the environment for the very war that they're going to be in, engaging in. And I want to say you, for all of you that buy this mainstream media stuff, what's going to happen is that they're going to send your daughters to war and she's not coming back. She's not coming back right mentally if she comes back, if she even comes back alive. So this is really set up for the overall this is this is real. This yeah, is it, real. Uh, and, it, it and, could. And we don't have a crystal ball and we can't see into the future. But we can see the threads of where things can likely head. And so if it turns into a full-blown war in a European theater of um, short of nuclear war, and it's exactly like you said, that they have exhausted the young men um, in the United States with endless war, endless war, endless war, then don't even provide them, you know, with the proper treatment, often with PTSD. They're ending up in prison. They're right. ending up on drugs, self-medicating, and what have you. And so you're, you're right. And, and women already outnumber us. The women, the female population yep. in the United States already outnumbers us. And so... Yeah, um, it is likely that if bodies are needed, that it, it don't matter what those bodies look like. Yep. They're going to throw them out there on that field to be cannon fodder. But, you know, they always planning for future wars and, and running these. That's why they have war games and yep. predict casualties, and how many game. people they're going to need and, and, and what have you. But actually, after a person listens to this broadcast day, I don't think they can plead ignorance because I have several articles that I'm going to share and I have some clips and not just little two, three minute clips like we I opened it up with, you know, just to give people some of the latest news that's coming out and what have you. But I I have a clip from um, the former ambassador to Russia um, for the Reagan administration as well as H.W. Bush administration. He's gonna, he was yep. uh, appeared on Democracy Now! And he gave his analysis. And then we're going to hear from Scott Ritter. Remember the weapons inspector, Scott Ritter, yep. that everybody was Scott looking Ritter, to, yep. you know, as not being a partisan, but an independent, you know, person who went into Iraq and came out of Iraq and said, this a lie. They don't have no weapons of mass destruction. And he didn't yep. go along with the program. Well, he appeared on Sputnik uh, today. And yes, that is a Russian radio show that comes out of Washington, D.C., where it's produced in Washington, D.C. But I actually um, know one of the hosts, Jamal Thomas, a, black, a brother who lives in Richmond, Virginia, and I used to follow his YouTube channel, but in the past year, he, he got hired to uh, work for Sputnik and what have you. So I'm giving you my sources. You know what I'm saying? But it still is not going to yeah. dismiss mm-hmm. it, either what these people are saying, there's some truth to it, or they're lying. Okay? Or they're yeah. lying. Now, I do got a caller on the line. We don't take calls this early in the show, but you're welcome to hang on 
and and listen. So, Dave, what I want to do, I want to go to Scott Ritter first because Scott okay. Ritter, some of the propaganda that we've been hearing, Putin's been saying, they said that Putin said, because I ain't heard Putin say nothing. But anyway, but Putin said, made the argument that that part of Ukraine is part of Russia and or or, right. or has historical ties to Russia. Now, coincidentally, before this was even popping off and Ukraine was getting hot in the news because the news cycle had cooled down after the Crimea, you know, uh, situation had settled and what mm-hmm. have you. And and so and so, you know, the news cycle had quit talking about it. And I just I found these YouTube channels like like they talk. One of them is generals. What is it? Generals and conquerors or something. But these are documentary, historical documentary. And then they do it on different people of the different lines. Like you want to learn about the Greeks. You want to learn about the Romans. You want to learn about this particular emperor. You want to learn about uh, uh, um, uh, what was the the Mongol dynasty that dominated the world? Um Kublai Khan, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, cool. The Khans, uh, uh, and Genghis Khan, Genghis yep, Khan, yep. and then Genghis his Khan. sons and and grandsons mm-hmm. and what have you. And you see documentaries on that. And I had just last week, uh, they did a documentary on the beginning of the Russian Empire, which was known as the Rus. The Rus. That's what Russia yep. means, land of the Rus, land of the Rus. But then, like I shared the other day. Even in popular culture, and I'm talking about entertainment movies, when they base it on historical, you know what I'm saying? But they add little storylines to it that's completely fictional, but it's based on real characters. I used to I used to love to watch the Vikings. Remember the Vikings that came on the History Channel? The, yeah. The drama film? Yeah. With, uh, what was it, Lothrop Ragnar or Ragnar Lothbrook and, and his sons? These are real historical figures and what? And, and in right. there, it talked about how one of the brothers, they were fighting, and one of them ran off. And who did he run off to? The Rus. He ran off to the Russians. To the Russians. To the Russians. And and then the Russians was battling the Vikings. That was all in Ukraine, in that whole region around that area. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, an article yeah. that I'll share later, um, when they was talking about Crimea, trying to say uh Russia seized Crimea. Crimea Crimea Crimea, I'm sorry was conquered, Crimea. Yeah. I believe, in the 1700s, it, yeah, by, uh, what's her name, Tsarina Catherine, I'll pull that information up, but that was Russia, and, and so, that was Russia, and so when I see somebody like Rachel Maddow, or any of those performance artists on cable news talking about this is all a lie. He's making it up. This is BS. These Ukraine. These are Ukrainians. Ukrainian is a made-up name for a made-up nation <laughs> that was made up after World War II, oh, and and particularly Ukraine after the uh, breakup of the Soviet Union. Okay. Yeah, and and you know it's so funny. It, the Crimea was actually given to the Ukraine by uh, Nikita Khrushchev when he was drunk. Right. He said he gave it to him just to appease him. Right. And so they were still when, allies. And there were ethnic references. Right. They have ethnic Russians there. And so Russia, went, once they saw the, 
that the coup happened in 2014 with Victor uh, uh, Yank, Yank, Yankovic. Uh, Yankov, uh, uh, yes, yeah, Yank, um, Victor, uh, I got to see his name so I can say it. Yanka, whatever, real quick. That was when Putin said, nope, we see what's going on here. But we're going to get into all of that because it's, it's real important uh, that, that we do. Let's go ahead yes, and, and COVID, jump yes, off. Yes. We're going to take a yes. station identification break, and then I'm going to jump off into this clip. This is Scott Ritter on Ukraine, Nazis, and more. Okay, and he just really shares a lot of important information. that It's not going out over the cable airwaves. All right, so we'll be back on the other side of this break. Make Black Talk Radio your choice for digital black radio. New black media for the new millennium. And let's have a conversation about what this means militarily, since this is now a military issue. To have a conversation about it, we're joined with Scott Ritter. Scott Ritter is a former U.N. weapons inspector and weapons of mass destruction whistleblower. And you can follow him on Twitter at Real Scott Ritter. Scott, how you doing this morning? You doing all right? It's yourself. So far, so good. A bit shocked, actually. I mean, I knew Putin was serious, and I accepted the security concerns. I didn't think he was bluffing about security concerns by any stretch of the imagination. But I thought, honestly, that going into the Donbass would be the limits of what he does or what he did. And in this case, that doesn't seem to be the case. It seems to be that this was an attack on Ukraine proper. Whether it's going to be a long-term kind of stay is secondary to the point right now. Right now, it's more so just an attack. Um, what is taking place from your standpoint on the ground, and what, is, what do you think is going in his head in regards to why he didn't just stay with the Donbass, that he decided to go further into Ukraine proper? What are your thoughts? Well, you know, the, the concept of Putin limiting um, a military incursion to the Donbass doesn't make any sense. Because mm-hmm. the United, you know, when when... when you have the United States president and you have the European uh, leaders saying uh, a single Russian soldier or a single Russian tank crossing into Ukraine will unleash the, the, you know, the, the full weight of sanctions. Um, a limited military incursion makes no sense. I mean, you know, uh, if you're going to go in for a dime, you go in for a dollar. Plus, it doesn't resolve the problem. Anybody who thinks this is about Donetsk and Lugansk simply doesn't know uh, what what's really transpiring here? Putin let the world know back in December that Ukraine was a red line. Ukraine was a red line, not Donetsk, not Lugansk. That Ukraine's desire to enter NATO was a red line that Russia was willing to go to war over. He made it clear when he said, "If you do not, you being the United States and NATO, do not respect." our legitimate national security concerns, the the fact that we need, in writing, security guarantees that you will not continue to expand eastwards, that Ukraine will not become a member, we will resort to military technical means. Well, guess what we're seeing today? Military technical means. Uh, So, you know, and and when you read into that, what this means is that when when, when the Russians decide to respond... It's not going to be a limited strike. They're eliminating Ukraine as a problem. 
uh, whatever happens to Ukraine going forward, it will not be a nation state capable of joining NATO. Those days are gone. That ship has sailed. It's done. Finished. Zelensky is never going to govern Ukraine again once this is done. Now, Putin has put out feelers today saying, you know, if Zelensky wants to surrender and declare that Ukraine will never become a member of NATO, that the Russian incursion will stop. Um, but, you know, Zelensky is bought and paid for by the West. Um, he isn't going to do that. And, um, you know, Russia is going to, when they say demilitarize, that means that the Ukrainian military, which for the past, you know, 15 years has been training with NATO, uh, deploying in support of NATO operations, receiving NATO equipment, um, and is a de facto part of NATO, even though they're not a member state, uh, this military will no longer exist. It is being wiped off the face of the earth. It will either be destroyed or it will be dismantled. So there will be no more pro-Western Ukrainian military. And the other thing he said is denazification. Now, some people say, well, that's about the Azov Battalion and the right-wing parties. No, it's about the Ukrainian government. Putin has said Ukrainian government is a Nazi government. Uh, you know, whether you agree with his assertion or not doesn't matter. What matters is that when he says the denazification of Ukraine, it means that this nationalistic government that took over in 2014 is finished, done, kaput. Uh, it will never rise again. Russia is changing the reality on the ground in Ukraine. That is what is going to transpire here. This is a major operation, um, you know, and the world just didn't take Putin seriously. I mean, this isn't Barack Obama saying, I have a red line in Syria, and then backing down. This is Vladimir Putin saying, I have a red line in, in, uh, in Ukraine, and nobody listened to him. Well, guess what? They're listening now. Oh. <laughs> It's it, it it's so brutal, but um, Scott, I want you to address one thing that uh, well, multiple things, but uh, one thing that came out was um, Putin saying that uh, Russia is not has no intention of occupying Ukraine. But at the same time, if they go in, if they topple the government, and if they um, keep the Donbass region and all that, and then they just immediately pull out, I mean, the country goes to shambles. And who's to say that that same government doesn't just rise to power again and then hit the same? pro-Russian side uh, way, way harder. Russia would just come back in again. So what really would be the long term of a quasi-occupation or not? I mean, if, if Russia just goes in and then pulls out immediately, wouldn't Ukraine immediately try to get Western help, uh, UN help and NATO help? Well, a, a couple of things. First of all, there's no such thing as Ukraine. And I'm not, I'm not parroting Russian propaganda. I'm just stating the fact. There's no such thing as Ukraine. You have a landmass that we call Ukraine, which consists of a large number of Russian-speaking people who are sympathetic to Russia. And we see in places like Lugansk and Donetsk uh, would prefer to be Russian than Ukrainian. We have a large number of people that, um, you know, 70 years ago we called Poles. They aren't Ukrainians. They're Poles. Uh, they were part of Poland. Uh, prior to that, they are part of Galatia. They are part of the Austrian-Hungarian Empire. They've never been part of Ukraine, but after World War II, they were detached and, and, and added to Ukraine as part of the dismemberment of Germany and the reallocation of territory to Poland, etc. Uh, they don't identify with Russia. But forgive me if I'm wrong. Didn't uh, uh, around Stalin's time, there was the imposition of way more Russian 
uh, people in the Donbass region. So couldn't you say that Ukrainians had a right to that land before that? Uh, you know, I'm not going to get into a, 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 a history debate. Um, they don't have a right to it now because Russia has changed ground truth. Um, I'm just stating the reality that in Ukraine, you, you can't speak of a homogeneous Ukrainian nation. Uh, what Russia is about to do is empower... First of all, if you take a look at the Russian military strike, I think we have to admit that this is well-planned and well-executed. It's not amateur hour. Uh, the Russians have put a lot of thought into this, uh, which means that they have an end game in mind. They aren't just going forward with the military. This isn't the United States going into Iraq, toppling Saddam and going, what do we do now? Uh, the Russians have a plan, and that... You know, they will install a new government. They've already made the decision who that government will be. That government is waiting to be installed. They will reconstitute a new military. Uh, so what Russia is going to do is eliminate the Zelensky government, annihilate the right-wing political parties, dismantle the Ukrainian military, secure Ukraine's borders, and then allow this new government to come in and assert its authority uh, before... You know, and, and they'll sign some sort of treaty like they did with Belarus, where Russian troops will stay in to protect Ukraine from the West. But this isn't going to be an occupation in the traditional sense. This is regime change. That's what's happening right now. It's regime change. And there's no chance that Zelensky and the nationalists will come back. Uh, I think we're going to see hundreds of thousands of Polish Ukrainians, Western Ukrainians, fleeing Ukraine forever. They are never coming back. Because these are the people that put up monuments to Bandera. These are people who give, who do torchlight ceremonies in honor of the Waffen SS, 12th SS Panzer Division. Uh, they wear Nazi uniforms. They give Nazi salutes. They fly Nazi symbols. They will never again be allowed to exist in Ukraine. I mean, this is, you know, we're, I'm making these absolute statements because what we're seeing transpire in front of us is an absolute statement by Russia. This isn't a half measure. This is a full measure. Yeah, the objective is basically to change the reality on the ground to eliminate the problem, not necessarily allow the problem to fall into a frozen conflict um, like some That's of the other. the opposite of diplomacy, right? I mean, we've had Biden say that but the there is, but there is like no plan of having Ukraine in NATO. There is no plan of that. And yes, I could see it getting tabled for the future a couple decades down the line. Yeah. Did it warrant an invasion in the right now? And you're listening to Black Talk Radio News. Scotty Reed on this broadcast. I'm joined by Tay Dave, formerly a Tando radio show. Uh, let me unmute his mic. Um, those last comments there uh, by one of the hosts, um, the white guy uh, who was taught, who was uh, saying that Biden said there was no plan for NATO. And if you don't understand that that's a straight up lie for Ukraine to join NATO, then you just haven't been paying attention to what's been going on for years and years. I mean, this has even been in Western news reports and what have you. And like Scott Ritter said, they've been training with NATO. They've been supplied by NATO with U.S. you know, made weapons and, and tanks and stuff. And so how can you credibly or logically sit up there and say, oh, there was no plans for Ukraine to join NATO? Dave, what, what are your thoughts on what Scott was saying 
Uh, I think he was spot on. He touched on a lot of things there. Um, what are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, he was he was really spot on a, on a lot of the critical parts. And you're right, Scotty. I'm glad you ended it right where you ended because I thought that that was the most critical part. And you because you know what's really going on, and that's why you stopped it where you did. That is a bold faced lie. The the actual um, what what happened was in. 1991, there was a clandestine operation to, to try to completely dis- uh, uh, to collapse the Soviet Union. And so how, they were, how the uh, NATO and the U.S. particularly were able to do it, this is how they did it. They, they were in bed with Saudi Arabia, and they caused the price of oil to go down to $10 a, bar- a barrel. And see, the Russian economy most of its overall revenue is derived from natural gas and oil. So when it went to $10 a, a barrel, it collapsed their economy, and that's in the overall, in 1991, the breakup of the Soviet Union started when the Ukraine wanted to have independence, and that was a clandestine operation by Western powers, the U.S., to actually start to encircle, envelop, and destroy the Russian Empire. And so in, in 91, so they, given their overall uh, independence, Russia mandated that they gave back all of their nuclear weapons because as the Soviet Union, the Ukraine, what's commonly referred to as the Ukraine area now, was one of the most uh, fertile lands for wheat and industrial technology for, for weaponry and for all of its nickel, in all of its uh, natural resources. So it was a bed of resources that the Soviet Union had. And they said you have to give up the nukes before uh, you can have your independence. So that was very, very important there. And so once they broke it up, and this was the agreement, that NATO would not try to expand eastward towards Russia when, when the Soviet Union broke up. Let me share and this that with you, Dave. Been, Let me share this from greenleft.org.au. Um, so I, I'm not sure. I think that's Australia. This is an Australian-based uh, organization, greenleft.org.au. And they have an article, What's Behind U.S. NATO Warmongering Against Russia? It was written by Malik, uh, Mia, and Barry Shepard on February the 5th. 2022. Um, And I'm just going to share this excerpt because it's relevant to what he said and what you just said about the expansion of NATO. The current U.S. the current U.S. Russia crisis has its roots in Washington's betrayal of its well-documented, I repeat, well-documented promise to Soviet General Secretary Mikhail Gorbachev in the early 1990s to not move the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, a.k.a. NATO, eastward. Made during the breakup of the Soviet Union, then U.S. Secretary of State James Baker said NATO would not move one inch east. NATO's existence as an anti-USSR military alliance organized and controlled by the U.S. dates back to the beginning of the Cold War. It has continued since with the express purpose to militarily confront Russia. 
The U.S. has more than 70,000 troops permanently stationed in European countries. It is planning to use the present crisis to send thousands more. Again, this was written on February the 5th. What have we heard in the past few days that they mobilizing U.S. troops Uh, along with additional offensive weapons called, quote unquote, defensive by Washington and other military hardware. So a broken promise. This is a well-documented promise that was made by uh, uh, a U.S. administration that they wouldn't, you know, and again, Ukraine, as this nation has been called or this landmass has been called, has the largest border with Russia than any other European uh, country. Yes, and and, uh, Belarus has a big one, but yes, and and that's exactly right. And, and, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that James Baker uh, died last year um, because he was the one that said not one inch eastward, and and that was the agreement that they made with, uh, with Gorbachev. So now, after that time, since that time, if you look at NATO, NATO has expanded itself all through that area, and it's continued to envelop the, the, Russia. So let me give you a, a, a idea of this. If you go back to the early 60s, in 1962, with the Cuban Missile Crisis, what did the United States, what did Kennedy say? He said, he told Khrushchev, to move those weapons out, those nuclear weapons out of Cuba, or else, you know, they, they're going to have the naval blockade, or else there's going to be a nuclear war between the United States and Russia. And what did Khrushchev do? He said, well, if you move those nuclear weapons out of Italy, this is one of the things that most people don't know about. Khrushchev only sent the nukes to Cuba because the U.S. had already in the 60s had been trying to expand around Russia to choke them out. And so what they did was it, it, it said they did this. It was a tit-for-tat thing. But the only thing that ever got reported was the U.S. side. So there was an agreement. The U.S. agreed to remove their overall nukes out of Europe that threatened uh, uh, Russia, and Russia took the nukes out of Cuba. But here's the thing. How is today any different than the Cuban Missile Crisis? The U.S. and NATO is trying to envelop and to put nuclear weapons. Right. They say defensive weapons, but it's, it's a lot. They want to put nuclear weapons on the border of Russia, like Scotty said, because the Ukraine has a large border with Russia, where the only response time that Russia will have is five minutes if they decide to have a first strike on Russia. You can't respond in that time. Well, I'm so glad you brought you up the Cuba. It. I'm glad you brought up Cuba because my mom had asked me, you know, about Ukraine. What's going on with Ukraine? So I was like, let me put it simply. Um, and she watches cable news. And so she knows she ain't always getting told the truth. So she asked me certain things. And so I used the Cuban Missile Crisis. That was when she was, I imagine, a teenager at the time when that went down. Um, yeah, yeah. She was a young woman when, when the, so I asked her if she remembered that, you know, when the Soviets had the missiles down there in Cuba, which is only what, 80 miles or so off the coast of Florida, 90 miles, yeah, 90 miles off the coast of Florida. That's really, really close to have some nuclear weapons aimed at you. And, and so I was like, and the U S rightly felt threatened by that. Okay. And, And so 
Here you have this area right up against the used to be part of the, of Russia. Um, at least the eastern part was historically part of Russia, and but. Here you have NATO expanding. You have this country right next to them doing war games with the NATO, even though they ain't a member state. They Like Scott Ritter said, they de facto, you doing training missions with them, so you de facto part of it. And so you're expanding. And so, so again, I don't understand why, and I'm not talking about the performance artists. They're paid to lie to us. They're not paid to have right, an opinion right. unless their opinion is right along, you know, a line with the company line, whatever company they're right. working for. So, so how can you not simply understand that NATO is a legitimate military threat to Russia? And how would you act? Absolutely. I asked my mom, I said, now, what if Mexico or Canada became, you know, this very unlikely to happen. But if they came into alliance, let's say China and Mexico, and, and, and they had an agreement that uh, China would provide them with cheap goods and, and resources and what have you, or a bunch of cash or whatever in exchange for allowing them to put bases along the southern U.S. border, nor in northern, station in northern Mexico. What do you think the U.S. is going to do? They already exactly. been been whining about uh, so called Arabs sneaking in through the you know terrorists sneaking in through the southern. They would freak out if China did that. They would put all kind of sanctions on Mexico. Oh, it it would be a big mess. So then, how come, regardless of what you think about Putin, he is the leader of Russia, and regardless of any personal right. flaws he may have. His number one job is to protect his homeland, as you would want to do the same, your leaders to do the same. Well, Scotty, 100%, because that's exactly what's it. And the thing about the, thing about the propaganda media is they never bring up the U.S. as false. What most people don't know about the Cuban Missile Crisis is that uh, uh, Nikita Khrushchev sent those nukes down to Cuba because the U.S. was sending nukes to Europe. The U.S. first initiated the threat against Russia, and they continue. And today now uh, uh, NATO is trying to get Sweden and Finland to become members of NATO. And th that the, the bordering that they have with Russia, I will tell you this, that will invoke a nuclear war between NATO and the U.S. and Russia immediately. And I will tell you something about a nuclear war with Russia. Here's the cold, hard fact. The U.S. and NATO can defeat Russia's military conventionally, combined. But they can't deal with uh, Russia nuclearly because Russia is the only country on this planet that hi has hypersonic glide missiles and scalar weapons that can't be defeated. They have uh, hypersonic missiles that travel in excess speeds of Mach 9. There is no defense that the U.S. and NATO can defend themselves at. They don't have that technology. So Putin, like Scotty said, his obligation is to protect Russia. He's going to use that position before NATO and the U.S. has that opportunity to develop hypersonic missiles. There's only three countries 
Russia is the only one that has them deployed in the field. And I guarantee you, and I'll tell you this, he will use them tomorrow. Yeah. And I, the U.S. I, can't I, stop them, can't defeat them. Yeah, I China think China's developing them too. Um, but yeah, again, yep. though, the, the unpredictability of war. Um, you know, yes, anything could happen now. Right. You gave a scenario that NATO can defeat Russia in a conventional war. But that's only if Russia stands alone. What about any right. alliances that it has? I'm sure Iran yeah, will be ready go, to jump it. in it. Um, you might even see uh, some of the Middle Eastern countries going to pick sides. But China, you know, uh, China, Russian troops <laughs> and Chinese troops were in Syria together. So, so I, I love you, Scotty. You're spot on. And if we look at that alliance, let's tell you how that alliance goes. Just today, just today, India, remember the BRIC nations, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. China and, and Russia are border enemies, just like they're enemies with, with, with uh, India and China. Arch, I mean, they've been border enemies for, for centuries. But they have a common threat, and that's the U.S. India today has already started to have a ruble payment system that will circumvent if they get kicked off of SWIFT. Mm. Now you have nuclear powers. See, this war is significant because it's not going to be World War III. If Russia and NATO and the U.S. get into a war, it's going to be global nuclear war one, the first time that nuclear-capable countries are fighting each other. That's not World War Three. World War Two was when the U.S. was the only country with nukes and used them against a country that couldn't defend themselves against it. Right. So now Russia is the first country, a nuclear country that can go up against another nuclear country in military confrontation. Everyone thought it was going to be India and Pakistan. That is a, a powder cake in itself. But just like Scotty said, the alliance, I'll tell you what the alliance will do. China will go with Russia. India will make a hard decision, but finally decide to go with Russia. The allies of NATO will be broken up. France and Germany will go with Russia because of this. If they don't go with Russia, if Russia cuts the gas off, then they're going to freeze to death. If Russia turns off that pipeline to overall natural gas and oil to, to Europe, this is what happens. They need just 17,000 tankers to provide oil and natural gas every day just for their economy to work. Now, Dave, they I'm glad you brought it. up natural gas because that's part of this as well. Not necessarily the natural resources in themselves, but the markets where they are sold. And I think that NATO and the United States economically have been competing with Russia for the energy market in Europe. Uh, uh, yep. uh, Russia has been beating the Western capitalist corporations, the oil, you know, barons and what have you, uh, that are aligned with Western governments. They've been winning market share because, like, for example, Germany. Germany may not even side with NATO because they're getting all of their natural gas. And then not only that, the pipeline goes through Germany and Germany would lose money because they make money off the, the natural gas coming through their country from Russia. Yeah, Scotty is absolutely right. 
wherever Germany goes, France will follow. Europe will break because I will tell you, Italy, Italy will flip. And they'll say no, because all of these countries depend on the overall natural resources that Russia provides them. Vladimir Putin don't care about no daggone sanctions from the United States. Because if they get too hard, what does he do? Real easy. He cuts the gas off, and then that cuts the U.S. out of everything. We are really living on a, cow- a powder keg. And so the, the alliance will, will, will not look the way it, it, it does now. And the alliance, I'll tell you, Saudi Arabia has already made a deal for Russia to protect them. Why would Saudi Arabia need a, a deal with Russia to protect them? Who would they be protecting them from? Saudi Arabia needs a nuclear-powered uh, com- uh, country to protect them. So that now they're, they had an alliance and agreement with the United States. They don't want, they see the United States as an enemy because the United States has been engaging in coups inside of Saudi Arabia when, with, um, with um, MSB and the current king of Saudi Arabia. And they know that, so now they went to Russia. They signed a deal. They actually signed a deal earlier last year. And so they want to sign a deal. They signed a deal with, this, with Russia. So this whole table of will flip. Mm-hmm. Iran will be on Russia's side. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah, so again, it's very unpredictable. Unpredictable. Who knows where the dominoes may fall. Um, one last excerpt from this particular article, they have a um, one uh, section called Origins of the Conflict. So it said, when Ukraine became independent due to the breakup of the Soviet Union and the Soviet republics became capitalists due to a social counter-revolution that dismantled the nationalized planned economy, there was no enmity between Ukraine and Russia. Ukraine agreed that the big former Soviet naval base on the Black Sea in Sevastopol, Crimea, would be leased to Russia. There is a connection from the Black Sea to the Mediterranean through the Bosporus Strait. Crimea became part of Russia when it was conquered under Tsarina Catherine the Great in late 1700s from the Ottoman Empire. Again, this is speaking of what Scott Ritter was talking about. Ukraine really ain't even a nation. This is something that was thrown together by the powers that be, the West. And, well, it was actually um, uh, divvied up between Russia and the West, you know, after World War II. But anyway, it says uh, it was conquered by them after the creation of the USSR in 1922, Crimea. It became part of the Russian Soviet Socialist Republic, SSR as it was populated mostly by Russians, while Ukraine became its own SSR. Crimea was transferred from the Russian SSR to the Ukrainian SSR in the mid-19... This is what you were talking about, Dave. In the mid-1950s, by Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev, himself Ukrainian, for technical and logistical right. reasons, the move was largely unnoticed by the world since Crimea was still part of the USSR. No one claimed that Ukraine had stolen Crimea from Russia. Uh, by the breakup of the USSR, right. Ukraine had become a country with roughly 50-50 
ethnic Ukrainians and ethnic Russians. Both languages were official state languages. Ethnic Ukrainians dominate the, dominated the western part of Ukraine and the ethnic Russians the eastern and southeastern part. So what we see here is two different people like Scott Ritter was saying, this is Ukraine isn't a homogenous nation. So you you have two different distinct groups of people in the east and southeast, they identify as Russians. And this goes back that over a thousand years with the beginning of the Russian Empire. I understand why they would identify as Russians. If you didn't identify as Russians or a large part of the population didn't identify as Russian, why would Russia Russian be the official language, national language? Right. And then so for right. the news cable media to be trained be portraying Ukraine like it's just one big group, one nation, like they're all white nationalist Nazis, and you know what I'm saying? And it's just so disingenuous, disingenuous, it's just so fraudulent, Dave. But I thought it was important to share yeah, that, it, that, that information there. It, it, it really is, and this is this is how this comes to where we are now, and you can see the lies of, of the Western um, influences in the Western agenda um, with NATO and the U.S. NATO NATO is only strong because of the U.S. No U.S. NATO is not strong. So, but one of the critical things about this whole thing with 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 this with with uh with the the Ukraine is is this is that uh, Vladimir Putin said that Russia made Martin Day. Ukraine in his speech as to why he was going there. He's going there to demilitarize and denazify. And you got to know the history with Russia and, and the, the Nazis of Germany. Russia lost mil, millions of people, lost a million citizens in the Battle of Stalingrad to beat the overall Russians. I mean, the uh, uh, Nazis. And they did. They know that history all too well. And that in the Nazis in the Ukraine is a slap in the face to Russia. And Russia is not going to allow that to happen because they know what the Nazis agenda is, is to nullify and destroy Mother Russia. And so this is why he said. And they're racist too. And I mean, not just racist against black people, but um, a part of the article said after that 2014 coup, and that new regime took over, they started targeting ethnic Russians. I mean, they demoted Russian right as, away. A, yeah, as an official language and restricted the ethnic Russians' rights. There was yeah. a rebellion yeah. in the East against the new government that launched a bloody war in the region, region causing 13,000 deaths and led 400,000 refugees to flee into Russia. The, the, that's the Dunbar uh, area, which has... Uh, 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 had actually this last Monday had asked the Russian government to recognize them as an independent nation, which, which did. they did, and the Duma passed that, which is the, the Russian Congress, and Putin signed it just before going to, uh, uh, initiating the overall military operation. And that's because the re ethnic uh, uh, Russians that were there were being targeted and, and actually killed by the Ukrainian Military. Let me give it for, for, for our community. Give it to us as black people. This is how it would be. Let's say you were born in the state of Texas and you're black. 
you lived in Texas and you had generational ties to Texas. You built your whole life. Then all of a sudden, Texas leaves the union of the United States and creates its own country known as this, the country of Texas. And then all of a sudden, people inside of Texas don't want black people inside of their state. Right. And then they start killing black people to get rid of them. So black people would say, hey, we're U.S. citizens that happen to be Texans. We're, we have our whole lives here. We're not leaving. So we're still U.S. citizens. We're staying here. They would, they would turn to the U.S. government and say, hey, we're citizens and we're being killed here. The United States immediately, we have sent federal troops, U.S., the military, into Texas to stop the overall uh, um, uh, massacre and the Holocaust that's happening there. That's exactly what happened in the Ukraine, and that's why Putin took the stance that he took. That's really what's up. Yeah, and so, and, and so, But that's not the analysis that... I'm getting from, you know, that the people are getting from, again, these performance artists on, on cable news. Again, you know, Michael Mick said don't judge somebody because they don't know what you know because at one time you didn't know what you you didn't know. But, again, though, with the, back in right. Malcolm's time, we didn't have computers in the palm of our hand and, and access to the information highway where we can double check and, and get various sources and not just listen to, to Joy Reid or or any other news anchor uh, that's on there because I the little bit that I have watched again they're just name calling Putin talking about he's jealous playing the democracy card again if you care so much about democracy why did you side with why have you been siding with these right wing coups not just in Ukraine Honduras other parts of the world in South America. This is a right, long right. history and it's been bipartisan. It's yeah. not just the Democrats, it's been the Republicans. The, what's different this time is Republicans because Trump is a crazy man and he all over the place and he don't have a coherent thought in his head and then he have ulterior, ulterior motives, selfish reasons for some of the things that he do. It's odd to me that the Republicans haven't joined in the warmongering because, and I know it's some just chomping at the bent to 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 push for war, you know, because they got defense stocks too, or their family members do. Yep. They sure do, Scotty, and that's and that's exactly what it is. And another thing we have to look at is you have to remember the Nazi the Nazi overall culture because Nazism is not a is not a political organization. It's a cult. Okay. Right. The, the Nazi cult in the Ukraine has been funded by the United States in 2014. Wow. When Victor, uh, in 2014, the U S had funded the overall, uh, removal of, uh, Victor, uh, Yankovic, Yankovic, uh, out of, uh, the Ukraine because of this, they gave him a deal. The, the, the NATO and the U.S. came to him and said, hey, we want you to align uh, Ukraine with us. And he thought about it. He said, let me go to my overall government. I'll think about it. He took some time. Then he went over to see Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin then gave him $30 billion to, to uh, retrofit into uh, having a relationship with Russia. He told the U.S., he said, hey, thanks for the deal in Russia and uh, in, in NATO. Thanks for the deal. Victor said, thanks for the deal, but it's in our best interest because we align more with Russia because we're more Russian than anything else. Right. We're going to take the deal with Russia. As soon as Victor did that, 
that's when the coup, because the U.S. had funded billions of dollars where they were paying the neo-Nazis of the Ukraine and other people to start to go into the streets and start protesting to destabilize that government. That's what happened in 2014. And immediately when that happened, that's when Putin took Crimea. Recently, they tried the same coup just recently in December, but it didn't work because the Russian army went in to to stop it. This is what's what's been happening, and this is really the truth. Is what is happening is that Russia is protecting itself from the constant threat and the constant encirclement because they want to get the overall. Here's the key: they want the natural resources that Russia has. Mm-hmm. In this country, in the United States, you know the state that produces the most natural resources Texas. is Alaska. Oh, Alaska. Alaska. Alaska is really what? Alaska is really Russia. The Russians regret selling Alaska to the U.S. They consider that their native land. Mm. So this is all about the battle for resources. And I'm going to tell you something. Well, Ukraine, I I think, though, the emphasis should be put on. It really is a security issue. And it's also, Dave, it's a security issue for us here. As as black people, as yeah, non-white yeah. people, as I would even say, even you know, LGBT people, because these Nazis and white supremacists and white nationalists in Ukraine have been attacking LGBT people. So just here, you have Democrats over here, and the reason I'm not focusing on Republicans, because most sane black people know Republicans hate you. That's why they doing what they doing to ban critical race theory to to make it harder to vote and and what have you and and now they talking about you know the whole crime thing. Let's lock more people up. We shouldn't have did the second step act. That was a mistake and all this and that. So most sane black people that that pay attention to politics, we know that Republicans hate us. They we know that. And that they have yes. white nationalists and neo-Nazis in their camp. Trump called them very fine people. Well, these very fine people, right. as I mentioned earlier, who were out there with their tiki torch, you know, uh, a little demonstration in Charlottesville, the very next year, you had the Ukrainians do the very same thing. Now, I've been reading reports over the past, I would say, five days that say these neo-Nazis, American Nazis, have been traveling to Ukraine, not just this year, but been doing it for years. And so here you have Democrats virtue signaling like Black Lives Matter and and we're going to stand up for the LGBT community. And, and then they talk about getting tough with these white supremacist ter- domestic terrorists because of January 6th. See, you, 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 now you see that they'll kill your liberal elites as well, as well as Republican elites. They'll kill you. You know what I'm saying? That's what January yep. 6th show, showed them. And and so you know this is this is very very serious, and these people could come back here. They pre- what are they prepping for, Dave? Let me just ask you that. What are these Nazis prepping for? These American Nazis prepping for over there in the Ukraine? Exactly for destabilization here, and it's no it's no coincidence that the U.S. is supporting 
the overall Nazi party. They supported the Nazi party when Hitler was the overall Fuhrer, and they supported, and then immediately after Germany broke up, they had, they invited and they paid many Nazi scientists to come to the United States, and they created something called NASA. And then they also created Operation Paperclip so that they could create nuclear weapons. So the U.S. history with Nazis is an endearing one. And, and they didn't care nothing about them Jews. Threat. They didn't care nothing about the Jews or the communists nope. or the people with disabilities that Hitler was murdering and the Nazis were murdering. They were getting them reports. They didn't enter, the U.S. did not enter the war until Pearl Harbor with Japan attacking the U.S., but they were more than fine because, again, you know, you say after World War II they brought Nazis over here. Well, Nazis visited the United States prior to World War II because they loved they their, sure Jim, their Jim Crow laws. They mattered. They, they, uh, sure they modeled their German race law after U.S. segregation laws here. They came over here, they, Hitler had praised the United States and then even praised them for how they were able to commit genocide against the Native Americans. So Hitler didn't sneak, and the Nazi party didn't sneak up on anyone. And that white supremacy no. ideology was being preached here first. Okay? The, 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 so anyway, man, and then I see black yeah, people yeah, talking yeah, about we, pray, pray for them Nazis in Ukraine. Of course, they don't know they Nazis because they haven't done the research. Nope. But you talking about pray for them? I said I I pray for them. All right, I pray that them Russians make quick work of them. Send send them American Nazis back in body bags, Putin. I wouldn't be mad at you. And it's so and it's so critical because this is the truth. And the thing about it is that. When, when you look at, you know, manifest destiny was the overall policy of the, the U.S. And that actually birthed the, the overall culturism of Nazism. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's, it's no coincidence that even to today that that relationship is still there. Remember, it was the U.S. that was funding Hitler. In, in the banking side, and that was done through Prescott yeah, Bush. Yeah, U.S. corporations, not not necessarily U.S. government, but U.S. corporations, but corporations in the U.S. US government are so Bankers intertwined, you know, yes. it's about the same thing. Um, commentary yes. from exactly. Josh Cohen. This is from, this is from 2018. This was art, article was published on Reuters or Reuters. This is American-based newspaper again, and, and again, like I said, this stuff has even been coming out about these Nazis in Western papers. But it's not part of the narrative now, is it? Because the agenda, the, you know, corporate news media is going along with the national agenda of the United States, and that is to 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 get into this war with Russia. All right, so this is from 2018. Ukraine's neo-Nazi problem written by Josh Cohen. That, that sounds like a Jewish fella. As Ukraine's struggle mm -hmm. against Russia and its proxies continues, Kiev must also contend with a growing problem behind the front lines. 
far-right vigilantes who are willing to use intimidation and even violence to advance their agendas and all and who often do so with the tacit approval of law enforcement agencies. A January 28th demonstration in Kiev by 600 members of the so-called National Militia, a newly formed offshore nationalist group that vows to use force to establish order, illustrates this threat. While the group's Kiev launch was peaceful, National Militia members and, and Balaklavas stormed the city council meeting in central Ukrainian town or Cherkasy the following day, skirmishing with deputies and forcing them to pass a new budget. Many of the National Militia's <laughs> members come from the Azov movement, one of the 30-odd privately funded volunteer battalions. Who's funding them? The U.S. Through, That's right. Through Probably, you know, it's various agencies as well as these oligarchs, these wealthy oligarchs yep. in Ukraine. Uh, in the early days of the war, they helped the regular army to defend Ukrainian territory against Russia's so-called separatist proxies. Again, this is dismissing the ethnic Russians that have lived in that region for uh, hundreds of years, I dare say, I dare say thousands. <laughs> Yeah, they go back. They they go back centuries. That's their land, and and so that's the thing. Because this is colonization, plain and simple. The United States has eight hundred bases all over the world. The only reason why you have eight hundred bases all over the world is because you're a colonizer. They want to continue to colonize and steal resources, and this has become a problem. And they do it by overall Nazi tactics because they actually taught the Nazis, as Scotty was talking about, how to do certain things. And the, the, the thing we have to remember is everyone is in an uprage now against Russia. But how about this? I heard American general say that Russia, if you send one troop into a country or a 12, uh, a platoon of, of, of a military or a battalion of, of military into a country that is that a country did not invite into that country is classified as an invasion. So they're saying that uh, Russia has invaded uh, the Ukraine. But wait a minute. How about Syria, General? What about Iraq? Where was the overall sanctions? Where was the overall public and global outcry against the U.S. when Syria never asked the U.S. to bring any of their troops into the nation and they sent hundreds of U.S. troops into the nations to steal their oil and to destabilize the country? That's an invasion. How about Libya? How about Iran? I mean, excuse me, how about Iraq? When Iraq asked the U.S. to leave the country, that means that if you don't leave, you're an occupying force. Right. So don't tell me what he did is, is he's violating international law. He has actually, he is doing the most ethical thing, while the U.S. is the one that's been perpetuating this whole expansionism through mm -hmm. colonization and having sphere of influences that they try to say. Sphere of influence basically means that you have a coup, you take over the country, and you pay everybody off through bribery, blackmail, and corruption. And when, and when that works, then you take over the country. So before they call Putin uh, an international lawbreaker, the, the United States is the, the greatest and the most purveying country of violence ever. They need to protect themselves from it. And Putin has yeah. the capabilities to do it. Let me read this part right here. According to Freedom Houses, and that is a U.S.-funded government 
um, agency, I believe, even though they operate as a nonprofit, um, I think they played a role in Egypt when there was a coup in Egypt. With remember with the guy who had, the by, Arab Spring, yeah, the Arab. So there you go. They played a role in that. But anyway, according to him, to the to the Freedom House's Ukraine Project Director Matthew Schaaf. Numerous organized radical right-wing groups exist in Ukraine, and while the volunteer battalions may have been officially integrated into state structures, some of them have since spun off political and nonprofit structures to implement their visions. So these so-called numerous organized radical right-wing groups that was integrated into these are nazis they didn't bar nazis from joining their national military they didn't bar nazis and white supremacists from participating in politics they didn't bar nazis from having uh nazi youth camps i'm gonna play this video yes they have nazi youth camps in ukraine this is who you you're backing when you're on facebook with all this anti-Russian propaganda and talking about let's just blindly support, quote-unquote, Ukraine. This is who you're backing? This is who you're backing. Okay, let me read this. Um, Schaefer noted that an increase in patriotic discourse supporting Ukraine in its conflict with Russia has coincided with an apparent increase in both public hate speech sometimes by public officials and magnified by the media, as well as violence towards vulnerable groups such as the LGBT community, an observation that is supported by a recent Council of Europe study. So while you virtual signaling over here talking about everybody lives matter, LGBT lives matter, black lives matter, non-white lives matter, you know, you're over here, the left in the United States, but then you're cheering for these people in the Ukraine. How, how does it make that make sense to me, Dave? How is that logical? You support it, LGBTQ rights here. You support, you know, uh, uh, the protection of rights for African-Americans here. But then over there, you're supporting these white nationalist neo-Nazis. Make it make sense. Because it's, it's propaganda I hear, and, and the media tells people what to think. And, and what I tell you what, y'all better start thinking on your own. Because they will have you to where you can actually, this is moving because of the events. Putin is not playing. I will tell you this. Let me tell you what's at stake for Putin. If he doesn't do what he's doing, he's, he's opening himself up for a coup and for him to be murdered in the country. So he has, he's at a, he's basically a person with his back up against the wall is in this all out. Putin is willing to use nuclear weapons. I mean, they've, they've, they've cornered a Panther, man. They've cornered a Panther. They, they, they cornered the wrong one and they were smart. Putin waited because Russia was not in this position to do this in 2008 when the economic crisis happened. They wanted to, but they didn't. They didn't have it. They waited and they were patient and they were really smart when they broke up the Soviet Union. They actually made them stronger because they made them more centralized. I want everybody just think about this. Go to mm-hmm. to whatever you use for your 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 browser uh, search engine and put up 
NATO countries in 2022. Mm -hmm. And in which we will see around Russia is a bunch of NATO's countries and they continue to expand. This is in violation to the agreement made with Gorbachev. This is in violation to the agreement. What do you think he's supposed to do? Wait until you have Finland, Sweden, Ukraine, and all of these countries are part of NATO. Now all of his borders of importance are now compromised. Now they can can just starve him out. Mm -hmm. And so they pushed him because, like Scotty said, this was about security. There's no way in the world that you can, they say, that, well, these countries have the choice to, to, join, to join NATO. Okay, that's cool. But what, at what expense? Do you realize by trying to choke this person out, this is going to cause them to have what? A defensive reaction to it? Well, to we see now how they get new members, though, Dave. They, they bribe them. They tried to bribe Ukraine when, before the coup. They bribe them. In 2014. That's right. Exactly. They bribe them. They promise all this U.S.-made weaponry. They promise money. You know what I'm saying? And and so that's why yep. these countries, you know, some of them join. And then, like in other they cases, do. like we mentioned, when Russia offered a better deal, you know, that's diplomacy. And so the United States loses that diplomacy. When it loses that diplomacy, it forments right-wing coups. And I don't care if if it's a Democrat or a Republican. That's what they do. And now Putin has has two Trump cards. I'm going to tell you what he's going to do. He's going to cut off the gas to Europe and watch all of those countries falter. Yeah. He's going to cut the gas some some people have been saying that these sanctions that they keep talking about, it, you know, cutting off. Well, let me put it this way. So, Dave, I was listening to this clip where they was talking about they have sanctioned private people in Russia, Russia billionaires and, and, and what have you, wealthy yeah. families and stuff like that, Russian companies and what have you. And these, these are companies that have been making money through capitalism and, and what have you. And I'm like, how is that legal? How does how does individual A yep. have any sway over Putin? Like these people can make Putin do this or that, or or you're sanctioning them because yeah, or or you're sanctioning them because they might even agree with hey, this threatens our security and they're Russians first, even though they're greedy and mm-hmm. and, and they're corrupt. And they're oligarchs, but you know what I'm saying? They corrupt in a lot of their dealings with the West in partnerships. Yep. And so that don't the sanctions yep. are illegal to me. Those are acts of war. And now they're talking about they personally say sanction that again, Putin. These are acts of war. I you hope- might as well say we're at war right now. Sanctions right. are acts right of now. war. They, they, they really is absolutely are. right. But the thing I wanted to mention, say? though, Dave, to you, because you talked about this on Tando Radio Show. Russia was preparing years ago, you know, to create all, an alternative economic system. That's what BRICS was, and they were working on an alternative to the SWIFT system. And Pay so system. I, yeah. I don't think this is going to hurt them as much as people think. No, it's not. It's it absolutely not. And I hope everyone understood what you said. 
Sanctions are now an act of war. Scotty is absolutely right. And so if we keep buying this media output here in the United States, this is what happens. Governments create laws that they don't have to pay. pay. I mean, governments create laws that they don't have to obey. They create debt that they don't have to pay, and they declare wars that they don't have to fight. They're going to create a war time situation and condition that your children and you are going to have to fight. In the Ukraine right now, if you're 18 years old or 60 years old, you can't leave the country. You got to report for fighting against the Russian army. Yeah, you're being conscripted. (laughs) This isn't volunteer. This isn't, you know, they're being forced to fight. And this is how desperate they are. And I'm talking about the right wing government, uh, uh, Zelensky and what have you. Um, they are telling citizens that send bomb shelters to make Molotov cocktails, and I guess they're going to force them to throw Molotov cocktails at trained Russian troops. You know what I'm saying? they setting them people up for a massacre. And they, and to me, they wouldn't care. They, they they would try to use that high body count to say Russian troops killed a bunch of unarmed c- civilians because obviously they ain't going to have a Molotov cocktail in their hand. I think this is even a war crime. Constricting the civilian population to force them into war? That that is that that is definitely. I don't agree with you. No, that that is a war crime, Scotty, and it's, that's exactly what it is. And this is this is where we are. The, the thing that Russia has is that these sanctions that the U.S. is doing against Russia was good for the goose. Is going to be good for the gander. Guess what's going to happen? Russia's going to win this, and then Russia's going to turn the tables against the U.S. and everybody else. Russia already said, if any of these countries interfere, you're going to get something that you didn't want to get. And, and, Russia, and Russia's not playing now. It's, it's, Russia has now put itself in a position where it can defend itself and defend its interests. Russia doesn't have 800 bases around the world. Russia only has only one seaboring port outside of Russia in Crimea. That's in Syria. It's the only place. The U.S. has what? That's because that's a, that's, that's a conqueror's and colonizer's mentality and is running out of steam. Taiwan is in trouble because China is, I definitely believe, China is ready to take Taiwan because why? Because the U.S. is weak. If I'm Taiwan, I would be making a deal with China right now. Yeah, and and, and, and it would be the perfect time for China to move on Taiwan if the U.S. gets into a full-blown military confrontation in Europe. Can't do it, and that's what's, that's what's going on. This is all coordinated. They're going to have to draft some women. Put a rifle They're gonna have in, to in their hand. And, <laughs> no. and, and I'll tell you, drafted boy, people here, it's, we want to lose our overall completely everything. You have your women go to war. It's, it's crazy. Here's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Well, Dave, Russia has. Dave, just go yeah, ahead, go ahead and, and as we get ready to wrap it up, man. Go ahead and, and, like you said, this is the final thing. Give us that final thing. What's the bottom line here, uh, Dave? The bottom line is that you're having the dollar, the U.S. dollar, and the U.S. economic system being rejected around the world. And now the U.S. can no longer bully countries because they are nuclear-capable power uh, militaries. A bunch of countries have nukes now. 
And because of that, they want their own resources and their own economic system to best serve them. They don't want their resources stolen by a country because they can sanction them or send their aircraft carriers to punk them. And so what does that mean? That means that you here in the United States better start to prepare because every, the, the, the quality of life and standard of living that you've been accustomed to is going to change. There will be no petrodollar. The, the U.S. dollar will not be the reserve currency of the world. No one will need it. No one will want it. They're going to start to exchange their own currencies and their own resources among countries, and that's going to make this country lose all of its economic standing. That's what's really going on here. And this is going to continue to, to, to evolve, and it's going to evolve until the U.S. is completely nullified because if you look at who is the overall instigator and the creator of all the trouble around the world, it's the U.S. So that's what this is really all about, Scotty. And really, they've Last abused day. that power. They, the sanctions is abuse no, of the financial doubt. system. It, it, they've got inebriate. The United States has got inebriated in the wine of splendor, yeah. and they got drunken in this. And they think that they're entitled to take everything from everybody for their overall means. And that in a non-democratic fashion, in a non-democratic fashion, you know they just, oh, they just gonna freeze your funds. You know what I'm saying? No court hearing, no deterrent. You know what I'm saying? Just willy nilly. Yeah, that's it. But how many Americans get sanctioned and, and what have you for doing stuff? Hell, you know, has Donald Trump's uh, bank account been frozen? Has Did Barack Obama get cut off because of what he did to Libya and in, in, in invading Syria? No. This system is corrupt, man, and the rest of the world has been preparing for quite some time to um, to get out from under that leverage. Um, we do got a call. Let me take this call before we get ready to wrap it up, man. I hope we, you know, giving people enough facts in order, you know, to see what's really going on here and that this ain't, it ain't no us in USA, you know, <laughs> ain't no us. All right, let's go to this caller. Caller, what's, uh, what's your name and what's on your mind? Yes, this is Brother Mike, and I'm calling from Asia. And I want to tell you about uh, the Ukraine situation. First of all, two, it's, uh, Ukraine has 250,000 army. And, you know, they have, uh, we have seen underground news that their army is living. Yes, they turn off their clothes. They put their guns down and cell phones and dress, uh, you know, uh, like a ca casual citizen and yeah. just go. Uh, I mean, many of the trucks are empty. I mean, many of the, you know, hardware or tanks or anything, size, uh, you can imagine, it's empty. This is yeah. a shame for the country. Wow. And, yeah. you, you know, and, and, and then how they are asking, I mean, we know that Poland right now is helping them, sending right. a lot oh. of ammunition, ammunition and other things, as we know. So that's already direct involvement. 
So we know that this uh, earthquake is uh, 20.0 that hit Ukraine is not going to be the just 20.0. It's going to have many aftershocks, it has tsunami, and we are going to witness that Putin is going to attack Poland because they are already helping Ukrainians. So that's direct violation because he said, if anybody helps Ukrainians, we are going to take care of them too. So this is another reason this was the prelude to the World War III. This was also Ukraine was a setup for the bait for the World War Three. What do you think, my friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, well, well, well thank, thanks, thank you sir. for your um, call. Now, thank you for your call, caller. You're welcome. Go ahead. Thank, uh, thank you. Yeah, very well. Go ahead, Scotty. Um, go, go ahead first, and then then I'll go after you. Go ahead. Where, where was your? Well, um, like I. I couldn't really hear him clearly. He had a bit of an accent, so you know, I, I don't yeah. think I got everything. But the gist of what he was saying is, I got it. I believe is, you know, this was all set up. Now I did hear him saying that the polls are going. Poland is helping the Ukrainians, and again, that goes back to what Scott Ritter was saying about those Western Ukrainians. Some of them being Polish. Because after World right. War II, they took some of that land from Poland and allocated it to the USSR. We went through the history of the breakup of the USSR, USSR, and how that then, you know, the Ukraine was created in in the 1990s and what have you. So, so I don't think I've seen no indication what he was saying about he's uh, uh, Putin's going to push into Poland, even though I think it might be some truth to what he's saying about Poland. Helping, you know, Poland's a NATO country, isn't it? So yeah, that doesn't yeah, surprise sure that doesn't surprise me. But I don't think yeah. I don't think I think I'm guessing that Putin will stop yeah. with Ukraine. I don't think he's going to attack any NATO countries. I think it's all about yeah. uh, the denazification of Ukraine and, and setting that up as a security buffer against uh, NATO. Yeah. I think the the call. Yeah, Scotty, uh, the caller, I heard him uh, completely. He, he had some very good points, uh, and, and I think there was a lot of credibility um, to, to that caller. Um, and when he talked about the, the, uh, the military actually changing out their uniforms, getting regular civilian clothes and getting out of the way of things, uh, yeah, and, and, and how Poland, you know, the U.S. is not just Poland that's supporting uh, Ukraine. It's Britain. Um, it is the United States. It's Estonia, a lot of the other countries, uh, the, some of the foreign, uh, former uh, Eastern Bloc countries uh, that are hump, helping. But the, the caller talked about Poland, and Poland is going to be a flashpoint here because of the overall uh, um, uh, migrant and the refugee problem that's going to happen from here. Everyone trying to run out of Ukraine, get to there. And that could be a flashpoint. We have to, God, we have to hope that, like Scotty says, I don't think that Putin would attack Poland, but I do think that Poland will instigate and may even attack Russian uh, uh, troops in the Ukraine and, and try to hide it as, as something else. And I will tell you this, that is a flashpoint where Article 5 could be, the NATO Article 5 
could be instituted where it's a mutual defense. Attack on one is attack on all. And I will tell you this. The moment that they invoke an Article 5, Putin has already promised. The moment you do Article 5, in the blink of an eye, I will t- attack you. Basically, he will use his hypersonic missiles that are already in Kaliningrad, that are already stationed on, on uh, strategically on, on, on their uh, naval uh, armada. Um, and he doesn't and even have to use them. nuclear. He can use conventional warheads, no. and, and you can't can stop use, them missiles. They, no. He has his, his um, uh, MiG-31s uh, in Kaliningrad with, this, with their satellite killers. They'll go straight up and, and, and nullify U.S. Sal- satellites. That means this, your TikTok, your, your, your uh, um, uh, Instagram, all of the, the things, your, your cell phone goes down, everything. You just imagine everybody here in the United States, as soon as their cell phone go down, they're going to be like, what happened? They're going to be pissed. Mm-hmm. But as soon as they invoke Article 5, Putin will preemptively strike with the most powerful weapons that they have that the U.S. and NATO can't defend themselves with. Do, uh, uh, hypersonic, it could be a tactical nuke or it could be a conventional one or it could even be a nuclear weapon. Moving at faster than, than the Mach uh, 9 as a glide, meaning it, it can go left, right, up, down. That means you can't target it. You can't shoot it down. He wins immediately. We are in very, very dangerous times right now. And I believe, like Scotty, he's just going to take the Ukraine. But I just hope that they don't invoke a confrontation with Putin because he knows that they invoke Article 5 that they can use nukes against him. Mm. And they'll use it right... And, this, and the main thing is that this is going to be a cyber situation, and that's right. more deadlier than nuclear warms, right. war. So, so we are we are really in it, and I think the caller was spot on. All right, Dave. Well, I want to thank you, man, for coming on tonight and spending these couple of hours with me to give me your analysis, just like old times. You know what I'm saying? Where we, where yeah, we, I, I miss it. Yeah, man. So I just hope people got something from this program and won't continue to blindly, you know, be picking sides. I'm not telling you to be pro-Russian. I'm not pro-Russian. You know, I'm not telling you to be anti-U.S. I'm just telling you to uh, before you pick sides in this, you better have all the facts and know what the repercussions are. And it's just it's just insane to me that I see people just parodying these anti-Russian, anti-Putin talking points and pushing for this war when, you know, um, you're supporting a right-wing Nazi government. Come on, man. Wow. It's, it's not right. It's not going to end Why? Up. Why it's aren't they bringing it up in the media? Why isn't a, a, a reporter at a press conference asking Biden about uh, are there any stipulations to these weapons that you're giving them? Have you put any stipulations that they can't have any Nazis and, and what have you? But like an article said I read today, they still haven't renamed the U.S. bases named after white supremacists. I tell you, man, these people are two-faced. Yeah. But anyway, Dave, I want to yeah, thank it, it you is. again, man. And you know the door is always open yeah. for you on Black Talk Radio Network. So thanks again, man, and say I hello to the family. You, Peace and blessings, Yeah. Peace and blessings, Scotty. Peace. All right. That brings us to the conclusion of 
this broadcast. I want to say I'll be back on air Monday night, um, but I'm supposed to help my brother move, so I don't know if I'll be back in time to do a broadcast Monday night. So then uh, that will mean I'll, next we'll be on air Wednesday night at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, you've been listening to BTR News, part of the Black Talk Radio Network, which you can find online at Black Talk Radio Network. Dot com. Peace and blessings to all. Make Black Talk Radio your choice for digital black radio. New black media for the new millennium.